welcome back to Digesting Dark, where we are tackling the Netflix series Dark one episode at a time. For today's podcast, we rewatched season two, episode number three, that is titled Ghosts, and we are going to talk about it here. I'm Zach Brooks, and I am joined by the Agnes to my Noah, Aaron Brooks. Hmm. Good afternoon, Aaron. Good afternoon, Zach. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the church. <laughs> yeah, that was a really formal greeting there. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard you say good afternoon to me. I don't think I so, say good afternoon to very many people. Just yeah. to timestamp this, we're recording this in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. And we are not recording this from a church that I was not supposed to be in, yes. wearing my yellow dress. Um, yeah, oh man. All right, so uh, yeah, before we get into that, uh, let's just finish the opening. We are going through Dark one episode at a time getting through season two. So everything we're talking about is uh, with the knowledge of everything that happens through the first two seasons of Dark as we head towards June 27th, which is the release date of Dark season three, which also happens to be the final season of Dark. So make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast by subscribing anywhere where podcasts are available, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, my favorite podcast app, Player.fm. If you have an Android phone, I highly recommend Player.fm. And we are on there as well. Or YouTube. Yeah, oh, yes. And on YouTube. Um, so if you prefer to watch your or listen to your podcast on YouTube, we are on there. We have a channel. It's called Digesting Dark. Just search for it. And uh, leave a comment on there. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Um, you also can send us your feedback on Twitter. I'm at Brooks ZA. He's at Aaron J-A-Y Brooks. And once we get closer to season three, hopefully between when we finish season two and start season three, we want to do a Q&A feedback show. So we have a couple questions that have already come in. And we're going to compile all of those and do like a preview show before the 27th. So we can talk about all of that stuff. Yep. Looking forward to it. It's getting closer and closer by the day. Like most things. Yeah. As they say, tick tock, tick tock, as they say. They do say that. Yeah. So uh, before we get into this episode, we're going to travel back in time to yesterday's episode because for season two, episode two, we forgot to give an MVP point at the end of that podcast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we're on. gonna slip into the portal, walk through the cave, go back to dark matter real quick, and talk about who we want to give an MVP point to from that episode. Of course, in that episode, we had a lot of Claudia. She met with her younger self slash older self. We had Gretchen. We found out how Gretchen got back in time. Um, we had some stuff in the future with Jonas figuring out how to get the time portal working. We had Mickles. Uh, a day at school for Mickle and also his mother's birthday. So lots of stuff happened. Egon's cancer call. So yeah. who do you want to give your MVP point to from episode number two? Yeah, it's got to be uh, Claudia. Um, she was the key part of most of the most of the episode, as you said. She was the focal point. She met herself, so she pulled. You know, just like the stranger when she the stranger met Jonas, he won. She kind of replicated that and you know even though it's not the first time it's been done it's just it's a power move anytime it's done it's hard not to get an mvp once that's done um and then also she was responsible for gretchen getting back so it wasn't gretchen gretchen was has been taking all the credit as being the time traveler but she didn't do anything she just ran towards a stick so uh can you believe it this is claudia's first mvp point of this podcast i mean it's really the first time she's been a major focus so i can believe it i mean other than that she's been a math tutor and like a just occasionally like a crazy old woman so Mm -hmm. it adds up all right well um 
you know, he's already in the lead for MVP points, but I don't know how I cannot give it to Jonas for that episode between what Jonas did and the stranger in that episode. Um, it's, he needs to, he needs to get an MVP point. He, um, got himself into the time portal. He got that time portal working. He convinced Scarface to let him out of the cage and he showed his mom the truth about her husband that Michael and Mikkel are the same person. So, uh, Jonas takes an even further commanding lead. He now has five MVP points. The next highest are Mikkel, Ulrich, Alexander, and Noah, all with two. Yeah, it's a pretty wide gap. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. He might get another MVP point in this episode, although probably not because he wasn't really in this episode at all. Yep. Um, all right. Now we'll jump in the portal and we'll go back to season two, episode number three. So this is Ghosts. And uh, we open this episode in the bunker, in the uh, blue room with the wallpaper. We've got young Helge in the bunker with Noah. Noah is giving a monologue about how he's watched young Helge grow and they talk about the cycle of life. Noah tells him that God chose you and we've been watching you. They talk about how time is with you. And then we see Noah pull out the liquid and put the liquid into the back of the chair, um, which is the uh, the machine. Mm-hmm. and. They're sending Helge into this machine, and uh, as the machine closes, he says, "TikTok." Yeah, it's definitely a better machine than the one Eric got to use. Yeah, I noticed that too. The it like fully covers you now instead of just covering your eyes. Yeah, and I assume it's not. I assume that's not just like a production because they have more money now. I would assume no, that's no, not. I think that's intentional. I think that they yeah. that they've that after the machine killed all these kids, they realized they needed to tweak it and maybe it's so you know it's kind of like uh just watched guardian of the galaxy the other day and at the end of guardians of the galaxy they have to all like hold hands to share the power of the stone and maybe they may they had to make the metal on the front of the machine bigger because it needed to disperse the energy so it wasn't all just going to the eyes yeah um you know also Helge isn't exactly normal so maybe the effect isn't that it blinds you and kills you but maybe it kind of screws you up from the inside or maybe i don't know something has an effect of some kind right he's definitely different at this point you know after this and he's always was a little bit off but he's even more off after this and you know as he gets back he doesn't as, talk as notices this. yeah he doesn't talk like he's silent at first until he does noah say tiktok hand- tiktok yeah but until noah hands him like the bible or whatever right that verse which i don't know what verse that was but yeah he doesn't say a word till then so Maybe it's probably something that Noah whispered in his ear right before he left or something. I don't know. Something that was to So what we saw, the last time we saw young Helga, he was in the bunker in the 50s because uh, Ulrich had locked him in there. And then Jonas opens up the portal and he goes through the portal and ends up in that blue room. And that's how he wakes up there. So he, he traveled through the portal to the 80s. And then um, he must have spent six months in that room before he got sent back through the machine. Yep. And then, um, yeah, we remember how uh, the first season ended also with uh, Jonas um, touching the portal with Helge. Right. Yeah, and so. that's what sends Helge into the blue room and then sends Jonas into the future. Yeah. So, um, And then we are still in the 54 timeline after we come back from the credits. Um, I, I don't know if it's always been like this, but I noticed the credits has a lot more three, like it's like a kaleidoscope, but it has lots more of reflection of three things instead of just two. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever done an analysis, like if the credit art has changed at all. 
Um, or if it's just that like I'm not always watching it and paying attention to it. It's definitely changed season one to two. Oh, it did change season one to two. Okay. Yeah, I think it may be changing episode to episode also. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe at some point I'll go back and just watch the openings to see. Because I'm pretty sure it's subtly changing. Um, which would the make episode. sense. I mean, that would be something the show would do. I, I'm really bad about it. I don't skip the credits. I like the song, but I'm also like, usually while the credits are going, I'm like setting up my notes for the episode and like not really like looking at the screen. I just remembered a few times. Yeah, I haven't watched them close enough, but I remembered a few times watching and been like, I don't remember seeing like that much blue and white. Like this episode, I felt like I could kind of see a little more like, um, you know, blue and white. Maybe it was like, maybe it was even showing like the um, sleeping pill, like mm. packaging that's later in the episode that Egon finds. I mm-hmm. don't know. Like, but like something's hinting at like Mikel getting drugged to the point that he goes crazy, but he forgets who he is. Like, clearly mm. that is how Enos keeps him. That's like Enos's secret is that she's going to not, you know, it's start. We're kind of jumping around here a little, but with, with Mikel slash Michael, the way she gets him to eventually accept these Michaels just by driving them crazy with pills. And I don't Oh, think interesting. It just, See, I do not get that impression at all from her. I don't think it just start, start because she's hiding the sleeping pills when Egon comes. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. But that was very suspicious to me when Egon comes over and she's like, oh, he's sleeping. And he's like, during the day? Um, this, that's, okay, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that because I found that, but I thought that was benevolent. I thought she was taking care of him. And that she is just trying to help him. And like what helps him is just like sleeping it off. She's trying to, she's trying to help the lie become the story because all these talks about how we don't want to, we don't want to acknowledge the truths and the truths are the stories we tell ourselves until Mm -hmm. they become, uh, she's kind of embodying that. And interesting. He's always asking to go back. He's always asking about his mom, like with her birthday last episode, things like that. But we are, I think in the next episode, we're going to get Ulrich escaping from the mental hospital and reuniting with Mikkel for just a moment, I believe. Um, Yeah, which will probably, as a result, cause Enos to have to ramp up her uh, efforts to control his brain and control how he thinks about who he is. And that's uh, and so I, that's, I think this is the first part of the show where we really diverge on character motivations. Cause for the most part, we, we pretty much agree with a lot of the stuff on this. Um, I really do not get like a malicious vibe from Enos at all. Well, there's a reason why uh, Hannah and, you know, doesn't want her involved in the picture. That's true. I, I always thought so that was because it's Hannah. Yeah. So may, so maybe I'm on Hannah's side here and I'm misunderstanding Enos's intentions. Could be. Yeah. Um, all so, right. Well, well, we're going to get to that, we'll get that. Uh, at some point in the near future. Um, before then, after the after the credits, we see uh, Agnes and Doris. They're having some special time together. And um, Agnes, of course, is Tronte's mom. Doris is Claudia's mom. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they are full on having a uh, an affair together. And I guess this has been I don't think this is the first time this happened. It seems like they're pretty comfortable with each other. So it's been going on for the last six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and Claudia walks in on them. I do think this is the first time that Claudia walks in on them, although it doesn't seem like she's super surprised that this is going on. So I think it's kind of an, it's one of these secrets that everybody kind of knows. Yeah, exactly. Um, and back in the 50s, especially, a, a lesbian affair would be very, uh, you know, like very unconventional and frowned upon. Mm-hmm. So, um, although, you know, to be determined when Agnes is from, maybe Agnes is from a time when that's more accepted. Yeah. So uh, Agnes in her bright yellow dress for this whole episode, which you did reference at the beginning of this podcast, 
Um, the bright yellow dress that Agnes wears really screws me up because it makes me keep thinking that Agnes is somehow related to Jonas. And maybe she'll end up being related to Jonas, but as of now, we don't know any relationship between her and Jonas. Yeah. We don't know a lot about her yet. Right. I mean, maybe Agnes is Adam's daughter. And that that, that could make sense. It mm-hmm. just seems like the only other character who we see in a bright yellow outfit like that is Jonas. Yeah. Well, one thing with Claudia we definitely see in this episode is when, or Agnes in this episode is when Claudia gets killed by Noah, Agnes takes a deep breath at the moment it happens. Mm-hmm. She feels it. She can feel it when that happens. Yeah. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we de- we got she's definitely t- she's definitely tied to um, Claudia in some way. Mm-hmm. Teed, uh, teed, to, teed to her. Teed to her, yes. Yeah. She's a teed woman. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, yes, Agnes, you know, is talking to Doris. Doris is upset, and Agnes tells Doris, "Don't worry, every family hides something." So again, mm-hmm. we're talking a lot about secrets. I don't remember us talking about secrets as much in season one as we have in season two. Yeah, it. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of how Wyndon's introduced right away is it's a place full of secrets. They're, mm-hmm. they're always talking about everybody's lying, everybody's keeping secrets. I don't know, it's a pretty central theme of this show. Yeah, I guess there is an episode in season one called Secrets. It's just, I don't know, it feels like we've really gone into secrets hard in the first couple episodes of this season. Yeah, I mean, it, it's maybe, a, I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't say necessarily more or less. It seems like lies and secrets are ingrained in central this show. Central show. Like time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see Helge returning home in 1954. He's been gone for six months. And uh, his Greta, I, was, I couldn't remember his mother's name, Greta. It took me a minute to remember her name. Um, mm-hmm. She says a prayer and uh, she's thankful that he's returned. But she says, you know, she can tell that something is different about him. Yeah, and she like is saying she's thankful he returned, but she wasn't, like mm-hmm. really. I mean, like she, she talks about, in previous episodes, how she prayed for his like kind of downfall and how she doesn't know who like who he really is and why he's here, like type of thing. Mm-hmm. So she said it, but even when Noah comes in later, Noah's like, you know, kind of re solidifying her like happiness about the situation. About right. Well, and that. when she met with Noah last season, she said she had prayed that he you mm-hmm. know died and everything like that. Probably not Burns' kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and and speaking of burn burn seems to be uh out of the picture mm-hmm. like we, a lot of parents yeah so he's gone and we do get reference to him not being there but uh i don't know if he left or went away he's tra- time traveling i think it's i think it's just saying he's buried with work like because oh, he, he does run the power plant i don't know yeah i guess he wouldn't have gone too far because nobody ever i left. think that i don't think he's like left left i think he's just like always at work just like Ulrich's always at work just like charlotte's always at work mm-hmm. um, claudia's always at work claudia's always at work yeah exactly it's it's just another person who's never there for their own family mm-hmm. um and then we stay in the 50s we see a scene of egon and daniel they're talking about Ulrich, the mystery man who they still don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find out, uh, oh, first they say that nobody came for him and that he's like a ghost. So we do have a reference to ghost, which is the name of the episode. Yep. Um, we get uh, a focus shot on the family photo of the Tiedemans, of, uh, of Egon, Claudia, and, um, and Doris mm-hmm. as well. Um, and 
they uh, before they find out that Helge is back, it's it's Egon. So is this is Daniel uh, Daniel Conwell that Daniel he's talking Conwell. to? Okay. Yes. So um, he's asking Daniel about his wife and basically if they're still intimate with each other and says that his wife really hasn't been, um, calls him old fashioned. And, uh, and Egon says, you know, when you have kids, it just becomes, you become different people and you change. Yeah. And Daniel's like, it's nothing like how we imagined it or how they portray marriage, mm-hmm. all those things. Um, but yeah, whoever, so Daniel would be, Daniel Conwald would be, Enos Conwald's father. Yep. Yeah, and Enos Conwald is Michael's adopted right mother, and we don't know who else Enos is the mother to, but whoever that baby who disappeared, mm-hmm. that to you know that person is maybe could that person be Jonas who just traveled from like that age? I don't. Somehow? I mean, maybe I. I think that I think it would screw things up if Jonas wasn't. Who's the baby? Who do you right. think is Enos's baby? Yeah, and I do have that written down for our uh, Q and A before yeah. season three. Okay. I was like, I definitely want to make sure we talk about that. Um, yeah, so I'm just trying to figure out how how twisted this is that Daniel Conwell is like responsible for planning in Claudia's father's head Egon to be unfaithful. I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out why that's so twisted and how that makes Egon's story more tragic because everything with this episode is like adding to a tragedy. As to tragedy of Egon. Oh, definitely. So, um, so, well, and I think it's interesting because and this, mystery, yeah. this mystery man that he's so worried about, Ulrich, is uh, Egon doesn't realize that, but this is going to be the grandson of the woman that his wife is cheating on him with. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's, it's Agnes's grandson is Ulrich. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and even Tronte, like, I think they're still living in that house with them. I think they're all still living together. So Ulrich's father, like, all this time that Egon is obsessed with this guy, Ulrich, his father in the future is actually living in Ulrich's house, or in Egon's house right now. Yeah. It's, it's like a wild web. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With no beginning. Yep, exactly. Which we talk a lot about that. Um, so, you know, at the end of the scene, they do get the, and they get alerted by some, by one of the other police officers, that Helge is back. He's returned six months later. Yep. And so they're going to go investigate. Um, before then, we do, before we get him investigating, though, we get Claudia and Trante. They're walking in the woods together. Um, I did note that Claudia, it seems like, only has a single loop in her hair. Um, you brought up that her hair is in loops the last, the last time we saw the child version of Claudia. Yeah. This time, and I don't know if it was just the way it was shot, but I was looking for the second loop and I could not see it. I only saw one. So really weird hairstyle. That. Yeah, definitely is. Even for the, especially for the 50s. Actually, the 50s, it's not like they were into like wearing really strange things. Yeah, and um, they're asking, she's asking some interesting questions to Trante. Yeah, she's asking Trante about where he's from and asks mm-hmm. why he never talks about, um, why he never talks about his family. And Trante is saying that his mother was unhappy before they got to Winden. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Agnes, and you know, we don't know who you're talking about at the time. Of course, now at the end, of, at the end of the episode, we know who they're talking about. But uh, Trante says that his mother has a brother who she hates. Yep. And of course, that brother is Noah. We get that confirmed in this episode. Um, and then Trante takes off his pants and his underwear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Claudia asks him to. Right. Um, and then so it snaps to Claudia as a middle-aged woman. 
Exactly. Yep. So that, then we go right from child Claudia's face. We get a lot of these really great cuts between different scenes of like the same characters or characters that are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we went right from Egon and Daniel talking to Claudia and Trante, and they're talking about Ulrich to Claudia and Trante. It's Trante's Ulrich's father. Mm-hmm. And then we go from Claudia and Trante, which is a which is a weird reversal of Agnes and Doris, of course. Like, their parents are sleeping together while Claudia and Trante are also sleeping together, basically. While, while Ulrich and, yeah. I yeah, guess. and while Ulrich is being, is being held by Egon. So, like, so many levels of this uh, Tiedemann and Nielsen connection. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, we go right from child Claudia to 80s Claudia, to the 1980s Claudia, not 80-year-old Claudia. Um, and Regina is looking, she goes, where are the ghosts? Yep. And of course, The Ghost is the name of the book. I've never heard of this book, The Ghost. Yeah, I think I have, but I don't know much about it. I'm pretty sure, I, I'm pretty sure it's a long it's a I Maybe book. you can get something else. Yeah. But I think it's a real book. Um, so, and then Claudia, you know, having been warned in the last episode by the older version of herself that she doesn't have much time with Regina left, mm-hmm. she asked Regina to, instead of going to school, to skip school and spend the day with her. Um, and, you know, Regina gives all these reasons why. She's got tests and other things going on. So, but like a, uh, a good teenager, she doesn't want to skip school. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, she also says she's swimming as well. Um, and then Claudia gives her daughter a hug. Probably the first time we've seen Claudia give her daughter a hug in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and Regina, instead of saying that she's running late and has to go, and maybe this is a translation, I don't think so, though. Regina says, I have no time which is very on the nose considering Regina in the future is going to literally not have much time because she's dying. Um, mm-hmm. But and it shows at one so point old Claudia looking at her, mm, with yep. Regina with the cancer. Yep. Um, and then Claudia ends it by saying another time. Yeah. She says another time. And then as soon as Regina leaves, uh, Claudia thinks about that book, which she hasn't thought about in six months that Helge gave her. That is the book, mm-hmm. a journey through time. Yep. So that is the HG tenant house book, of course. So could Claudia's whole like motivation end up being to try to prevent her family members from having cancer? Yes, that's so that's what I got by the end of this episode. Is that the reason why Claudia goes on this whole thing that will she will encompass her entire life? She's going to start traveling through time and not, mm-hmm. you know, she like after this she's not going to spend much time with Regina. That's what when old Claudia says you don't have much time with Regina left. It's not just that Regina's going to die in the future. It's mm-hmm. that the Claudia of this age is not going to be spending much more time in this timeline, anyways. Yeah, so you have the battle of love of family, love of an individual with Jonas and why he's traveling through time. And then, uh, I mean, there's probably three or four different people who are all having their own individual motivations for traveling through time and they're all affecting the other person. Because exactly. And I think, I think by the end of this episode, we get Noah's motivation for time, which is I think something bad happens to Charlotte and he's trying to prevent something bad from happening to Charlotte, which is why he's doing what he's doing. Because he so, goes, oh no, Charlotte, as he's reading the notes. Right. Yep, exactly. But, yeah, um, so I it's think, like the best uh, intentions have the worst results. For everybody else, right. And Claudia, it seems like, is going to dedicate her entire life to time travel, to mm-hmm. trying to stop both Egon and Regina from dying of cancer. Yeah, Jonas. And probably will end up causing it. You know, when we look back at everything, it's probably going to be that she, she, we obviously know she causes the death of Egon by the end of the season, but mm-hmm. that she's going to cause the death of Regina. <laughs> probably is going to do something that is why Regina gets cancer or why Regina stays She'll in probably Regina. cause the destruction of her entire family. Right, exactly. Just by like trying everybody, to prevent it. Everybody's probably going to cause the destructions of their entire family. Yep. 
So dark. Um, yeah, it's very lives up to the name. Uh, and then we see Egon. He's getting into some death metal. Mm-hmm. So he's Egon in the eighties is listening to that record that um, terrible that song. Ulrich. It's uh, so it was interesting. I noticed that the um, the song the the band is called Creator with a K. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that the title creator, I mean, that's, that's very biblical, relates to God being the creator. Um, it's got the Sigmundus logo. and Oh, art, yeah, it album, does have the, yep. Um, and the lyric, of course, is my only aim is to take many lives. The more I take, the better I feel. That lyric really makes me think of the artwork in Adam's uh, study. With all, the, with all the spirits, like, flying out. I feel like mm-hmm. that's, like, you know, if... if that's the depiction of somebody taking as many lives and the more I take, the better I feel. Yeah. And Adam is like the most obsessed with kind of destroying families mm-hmm. of any of the characters. Everybody else seems to be like interested in saving their family while he seems to be like interested in destroying all four. Probably because by doing that, he causes, you know, the, he's trying to save somebody, mm-hmm. whether it's Martha or somebody else. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I think that, that it's just interesting they pick that lyric. It's clearly, you know, it, it clearly represents, I mean, even if you just think of it as like the, the reasons why we're trying to prevent these things in this show is because the lives are being taken. Yeah. Um, and then we go back to the 50s timeline. We've got young Egon talking to Greta. Um, well, young Egon being the you know, uh, inspector version of, of Egon. Um, and when he shows up, actually, I noticed that it was interesting. So he shows up to talk to Greta about Helge, and uh, they said, the inspector wants to ask you, the inspector asked you a question. So they refer to Egon as the inspector, which, mm. of course, is going to be the nickname that Ulrich takes on in the 80s when he's in the mental hospital. Yeah, the whole mental hospital and Ulrich as a whole, it all feels like, and, you know, we'll talk about it, I guess, when we get there, but it all feels like an homage to one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, it definitely reminds me of that. I think that's right. Right down to the inspector that's like the chief, like mm. that kind of pronoun name. And he is like really big. Like he does he kind of. He looks like the chief. Yeah, he does look like chief. And, and I don't know if it was earlier or later in the season, but I know there's a shot where he jumps out the window and it's right out of one flew over the yep i think that's in the next episode where he jumps out yeah like and they show him like jumping it's the same angle it's the same and milos foreman i believe was uh german yeah and i do think um while enos i mean maybe this lends credence to your like enos is evil theory um enos reminds me of nurse ratchet like she kind of looks like her yeah enos does some shady shit to get mikhail to that causes mikhail's illness i think like mental illness yeah well maybe she's the nurse ratchet of this show yeah, I just think like, yeah, I don't think she's, I don't think she's a, I, I'm finding a lot on the rewatch, the characters I'm suspicious of were characters that I thought were kind of good on my first watch. Mm. I'm suspicious of HG, I'm suspicious of Claudia, I'm suspicious of, you know, Jonas, I'm like, everybody who I wasn't, almost. Everybody's while a like, suspect. Well, like, guys like Alexander, I think, are just pawns, like, really just pawns, having no idea what like they're the, doing. Egon is, is, like, the best example of a pawn, too, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, Egon, I think that we'll see Egon getting used from both sides here. Maybe Ulrich really is using Egon when he's saying the things he's saying, too, even as an old man in the event. Like, that may just be what, how twisted uh, Ulrich's path got along the way as he forgot what he was doing and it ended up getting motivated just punish Egon. Just by revenge. Yeah, it definitely could be. Um, so we'll get there. Um, we're going to get some good stuff with, with Egon and, and Ulrich. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So, yeah, so younger Egon tries to talk to Helge. Greta says, the inspector asked you a question. So I wrote down about the, him being the inspector, yeah. uh, mirroring Ulrich in the future. And Helge still won't talk. Then uh, we cut from young Helge to Helge 33 years later in the 80s. And he is meeting with Egon's daughter, Claudia. So mm-hmm. she's also asking him questions. And uh, she's wanting to know why he gave her the book. And Helge says, you might be the only one who can understand me. Time is always with you. The travelers could undo everything. So Helge is another character who wants to undo bad things that have happened. And the time traveling could undo that. Um, And then Helge talks about Noah. So this is after, you know, six months after Helge and Noah captured all the kids together. um, Helge tells him that, you know, never, Helge tells Claudia never to trust Noah. Mm -hmm. And he says, I never wanted any of this. So, um, you know, he even like, it's like a super intense, he grabs her by the arm when he starts talking about Noah and you know, it's, it's like really raises alarm bells for her. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, this is Helge putting Claudia on the path where we're going to see, uh, that older Claudia gets killed by Noah because of this rivalry between the two of them, which may have just been, you know, if you think of beginnings, this kind of started with this conversation with Helge in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think Helge realized what he was doing. So Helge and Egon are very similar too. Yeah, I, I, Helge definitely doesn't know what he, what's going on. He's just very confused by all the time travel and the different, you know, he's different interactions. And we're going to see uh, in, in just a couple scenes where, uh, where he sees Noah as well. And mm-hmm. um, he's even more confused. Um, we get a shot of Noah at the church. And then we see Agnes walking into the bunker. Um, I, I noticed that, you know, Noah wears the hat as does Agnes, right? They both wear some version of a hat. I, I can't think of any other characters really in this show who wear hats between, besides the two of them. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Um, so she's still in her yellow dress. As she walks into the bunker, um, she sees older Claudia there. So the white devil version of Claudia. And um, they're talking, Agnes is saying how they sent Helge back to return today. Um, and, and that Noah has returned. Um, mm-hmm. Claudia says, you know, mentions blood. So this is kind of as they're teasing out for us that Agnes and Noah are related, which we didn't know before then. Um, and Claudia says, our entire lives are defi- are defined by family, Sikmundas. So it the way she said it, like it was two sentences, but basically the way she said it is our entire lives are defined by family. And you could read that as like comma Sikmundas, meaning like Sikmundas is our family. There is our blood family, but there is also this family of this cult of Sigmundes that we're all a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's, you know, we, there's so much talk about the, the kind of nuclear families in this show, the blood families, but there is, are they all related of like this family of Winda and this family of Sigmundes. Um, Claudia says that they're preparing mm-hmm. for the last cycle, which of course is um, going to happen at the end of this season. And Claudia says that to Agnes, your brother is a blind fool and he's caused many sufferings. So, um, you know, for the people watching the first time, this is their like, oh, Agnes and Noah are related and that is her brother. Of course, Mm -hmm. we knew that already. Um, Yep. Claudia also gives her a folded up piece of newspaper. And I was trying to remember what this was. I've, so, you know, I keep, I kept saying that Claudia kills Noah and I, we get that later in the, in the episode where Noah kills Claudia, I just had that reversed in my mind. Yeah. I remember you saying, yeah. 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 So, Adam, uh, and the folded up piece of newspaper is a newspaper clipping um, about how Claudia, they found the white devil's body the next morning. 
1954. Yeah. So, um, and Agnes looks at this, so Agnes knows. I think I, I'm not sure if it has the date on it, but I, I think she knows that this is saying it's, like this is the last time you're going to see me, basically. Yeah, it says in the article. I paused it. It said in the article the date. And then, oh, okay. So it does say the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so before they depart, uh, Claudia hugs Agnes and just says, "I wanted to thank you for everything. My mother loves you." So. Um, you know, really, really interesting stuff with could, between. Yeah, I don't know. Could Scarface be like a daughter of Agnes or something? I mean, could Scarface be Enos's daughter, even? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or Scarface, yeah, I guess Scarface wouldn't be Agnes, but I do think, like, Agnes came from somewhere else. Agnes came from somewhere where a lesbian relationship is not uh, the way it would be treated in the 50s, which is why like, she's just, like, ready future. to do it. Yeah, I think she's from some, if not 2020, if not later, so... Yeah. Um, and then uh, we see Claudia she is back so then we go from the older version of Claudia to Claudia in the 80s and she is visiting H.G. Tanhouse in his shop um, he points out that Claudia has one brown eye one blue eye which does get brought up a couple times in this episode um, and you know this is interesting because this is another one of those cycles where Claudia as an old woman visits H.G. and then that's how the young HG meets Claudia for the first time. And of course, this is the older version of HG meeting younger Claudia for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an endless and, cycle. Yeah. And HG seems like a, like more unhinged. Yeah. Well, I think it's because he's been obsessing about time travel for 33 years. Yeah. Um, and he said he wondered when she would visit him again with the book. Um, she's, you know, she's confused. She's still trying to grasp all this, but she's confused because she's like, I've never met you before. Mm-hmm. Which is the reverse of what we will see uh, later on in the episode. Yeah. Um, and then we get another scene between Egon and Daniel. And they're talking about the kids disappearing and Helge returning. And they can't figure out how these are connected. How could Helge return if Ulrich, this uh, mystery man, has been locked away this whole time and that he must have accomplices? Mm-hmm. So we go right from Egon, Younger, and Daniel going to question Ulrich to Ulrich and Egon talking in the 80s, so the older version of both of these men. Um, they're talking about the record, the creator record, and uh, Ulrich asks, or sorry, Egon asks Ulrich if he killed the boys, and also he wants to know how Ulrich knew Egon had cancer, um, and he asks him if he knows who the white devil is, which, you know, I would think that Egon would think that Ulrich might be the white devil, because he kind of looks like what you would think a white devil is. And finally, Ulrich talks, and after 33 years with, with them trying to figure out who Ulrich is, Ulrich says, I'm Ulrich Nielsen. And Egon seems very confused by this. Yeah. And so then we go back to, so we're kind of going back and forth between, uh, between this and Claudia and HG talking during the 80s. And HG is talking about the bootstrap paradox. And he says, the way the bootstrap paradox works is it's, when an artifact is sent to the past and it creates a cycle, there is no origin. So the book is an example of a bootstrap paradox. The, the idea of the book, because he never, he never had the idea of the book because he received the book from the future after he had already written it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing happens with the blueprints and the machine. I think you could come up with a dozen examples of bootstrap paradoxes in this show. Even people are bootstrap paradoxes. Yeah, well, I mean, they bring up how the world is full of these paradoxes that we just don't acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he says we choose to ignore them. Yeah. 
Um, and it's full of these paradoxes. So pretty much anything you can look at, you really don't know the origination of where or when it began, mm-hmm. if there's a begin. So yeah. And um, I mean, all of Winden could be a bootstrap paradox, really. Maybe that's yeah. what we find out at the end of this. Yeah, bootstrap paradox is when the, the question of if the chicken or the egg came first becomes irrelevant. Right. As H.G. said earlier. Um, now, I don't know why it's called the bootstrap paradox. And bootstrap go because the bootstrap, you have to go across and then back around. over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of just that. Yeah. So um, then we get uh, Egon visiting Ulrich in the 50s. So we get the reverse of the scene we just saw earlier. Um, he's letting him know that Helge is home again mm-hmm. and Ulrich won't talk still. Um, but when they close the door, Ulrich just says quietly to himself, I'm Ulrich Nielsen. So he's, even though they said he's heavily medicated, he still knows who he is. He's just choosing not to say anything. Mm-hmm. And this could kind of mirror his son being heavily medicated forgetting who he is. Mm, yep. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. And then back to the eighties, we see Egon. He is uh, looking at Daniel's Daniel Conwald's notes um, about, uh, about the missing boys as well. So, um, and then we see HG and Claudia, they're talking about the machine and uh, HG is talking about the origin of explaining the machine and um, HG says, Claudia wants to know how it works. Yep. So again, like who came up with the blueprint? Mm-hmm. And who, who figured out kind of, who figured out the time machine to start? Right. Because he gets the, know. yeah, he gets he the information no and he passes it to the person. Right. Exactly. Everybody's just passing it and traveling back in time and telling somebody back. Yeah. But when, who, where did it start and who started it? Mm-hmm. All right, so then we are back in the 50s timeline, and Greta is talking to Noah, and uh, Noah has, has come to visit, and they are talking about Helge and how, how different Helge has been since he's returned. Greta mentions with Burned gone, so we don't know where Burned is. Um, I know you, you said that you think he's just working, but it, just, it does seem weird to talk about with Burned gone if he's just like working. So maybe he's been traveling as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just really do take it to mean like gone, like how Katarina, says, oh, how Katarina says all Rick's gone. Uh, Peter says Charlotte's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tronte's gone a lot with Jana. Yeah, I can't remember what we get about Burned in this season. I mean, we get him just a he's little actually bit. Actually, pretty missing. He's appropriately kind of missing a lot this season. So yeah. either I decide to ditch those storylines with the eight episodes as opposed to ten. I mean... I'm missing two hours of time from trail. So, or they're maybe going to address him this season, or it's just as simple as he, all he cares about is his power plant. And, um, you know, when the kids show up, the first thing he goes to is the power plant. Everything is about the power plant for him. So it could just be like, he's greedy and that's his like trap. Yeah. He thinks the power plant is his way out. It could be, I'm going to put a pin in the uh, burned, and just say, like, not put a pin like we just started talking about it, but I'm going to add it to my list of things for our pre-season three podcast that we're going to do. Because I am very curious and, like, do if we see any more of Burned this season and uh, what his deal is. So I think yeah. it's very strange. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, all right, so Greta also mentions that Helge is possessed by the devil. Um, and, you know, getting more religious talk between Noah 
um, you know, with the devil and God. Uh, Helgate comes downstairs and sees Noah and immediately runs to him and hugs him, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if it's like Stockholm. It, like, it, like he was his dad. Oh, yes. That's a good. Yeah. Like greets him like it's his father. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as we know, he just saw Noah yesterday. Like it, it hasn't been six months since he's seen Noah. Um, you know, it seems like we, we just saw him get sent back and then um, and then he's seeing him either that same day or the next day. So it's weird that, you know, you wouldn't greet somebody who you just saw like that. But he clearly has a, a strong connection with Noah because of the traveling. He's going to in the future have a connection with Noah because they're going to work together to capture mm-hmm. the kids. Um, mm-hmm. Noah, Noah says that time is always with you, which I believe is what he says at the beginning of that of the episode, right? Doesn't yes, he says time is always with you at the beginning of the episode as well. So that mirrors mm-hmm. that scene between them. Yeah, and time is often kind of used interchangeably with God in this show, mm. like so, Father Time. Yeah, God is always with you. Same thing. Maybe that image that we keep seeing Elizabeth uh, looking at with the two gods blowing on the world. One is time, and one is fate. One is God. Yeah, and one is yeah, religion. I, I, it's something like that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. The battle, the what. battle of Earth between two opposing forces. Yeah, maybe time and death, time and ghosts, something like that. Oh no! So Noah asked Helge to read a passage of the Bible, and uh, yeah, as we both said, we don't know what that passage was, but he does say, "You are my shield and my protector." Mm-hmm. Noah lets him keep the Bible, and uh, the three of them all put their, you know, they're kind of like joining hands, and I noticed that all three of their hands were like almost like a. Um, you know, grasping each other. So another example of three. So we have Greta, Noah, and Helge's hands all together. Yeah. Um, and we do, think- know, we do know that Greta, and maybe this is what we have to bring up, Greta said in the first season that uh, Helge's father was, she implied that it was not burned. Do you think she was hinting it was Noah? Maybe, but she like- just doesn't seem to know who Noah is. So it doesn't make any sense unless it was like kid Noah and she doesn't realize, like the younger version of Noah and doesn't realize that it was the same guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a weird connection, definitely, between Greta and Noah. And we yeah. don't know who Helge's father is. We don't know much about Burns. So that's a that whole thing. Maybe we'll get more in the next couple episodes. But I think that whole thing is going to be a big question mark leading into season three. Yeah, I do too. So, And that's something we, we really need to get answered, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure we will. If, if this was any other show, I would worry so much about this alternate universe thing. Mm-hmm. Um, any other show would be like, oh, this is the jumping the shark moment where it's the sideways universe. It's um, just because it's this show is so interesting as it is. Like, we don't need an alternate timeline because just with the time jumps, it's so interesting. But I trust that Dark, if, if any show is going to do it right, Dark will, Dark will do it right and it won't jump the shark. Yeah, it has so, hasn't yet. So. Yep, jump the dark. So. <laughs> uh, all right. And then Egon goes to speak with Mikkel. So we're back in the eighties now. Um, and she's talking with, or speaking about Mikkel, she's talking with Mike, with eh, Egon is talking with Enos and uh, Enos is referring to Mikkel as Michael. So in the last episode, Enos was calling him Mikkel. Uh, clearly yep. it's like an inside the house, outside the house type thing where uh, to the public, he's known as Michael, but with just Enos, it's their secret that she calls him Mikkel, which is his actual name. Mm-hmm. Um, she says he's sleeping. We talked about this earlier in the episode. She says that he's sleeping. You during think it's a nefarious. Well, Egon says right away, he's like, during the day. And she says, not feeling good. Um, Egon gets up, I think, like getting ready to leave at some point. 
um, and he sees the two sleeping, the sleeping pills. Pills. Right. Yeah, that have both been freshly opened. Um, this, yeah, but the, those the are like pills. those are like over the counter sleeping pills. And Enos says they were for her, and that she was sleep having trouble sleeping. But it's like okay, yeah, it's because of bad during, dreams. Right. The kid's sleeping during the day. He's you know probably you know she's trying to chalk up anything this kid's saying to bad dreams, even though she knows it's, she knows it's something else. She doesn't mm-hmm. want to acknowledge what it is. Yeah. Um. And eventually, these over-the-counter sleeping pills aren't going to be enough, and it's going to take the next step. Yeah. And eventually, she's going to just assume he's mentally ill. And she's just because, like, that, and that's, like, the illness maybe Jonas was talking about with Hannah when he says before he got sick. So, I don't think before he got sick just means when he committed suicide. I think before he committed suicide, he had a lot of weird social problems. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think so, too. And I think it's... Um, just to avoid and maintain being existing basically but to an outside person who doesn't have the information because that's his ultimate secret that he keeps in the dark from everybody that comes across as him being sick or crazy Mm -hmm. so yeah i just think i mean if he was like that forever how did he end up getting with hannah in the first place so i mean he's got to be he's got to be kind of adjusted enough that he ends up marrying hannah and fathering a child that is a teenager with Hannah. So yeah, he's got to be with maybe. it at least somewhat to have this baby. Or he's just another pawn and he, you know, I don't know. We don't know yet. I don't know if he just falls in love with Hannah. I think maybe Hannah has some information as to who he is and causes things to fall into them falling. So I don't think so because in the last episode when she finds out that Nickel is Michael, she's genuinely sh- surprised by that. Um, well, or she's acting genuinely. You know, you can't believe anything with Hannah, I guess. Yeah, that's and true. She would, li- she, she would be- even lie to her. She'd lie to her own son. Yeah, like, she could she, be guided she- that way. I just, I don't know if I buy that uh, she knew, but it could have been something like Noah has been interfering for years and she didn't realize pushing them together or something like that. Yeah, or maybe by doing this, it, you know, the future affects the past and by, you know, the stranger in the future revealing the Hannah that in the past Hannah met Miko, then maybe that affects Hannah, why Hannah goes up to him in the first place mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. Future affects the past, the past affects the future. Right. There's so, definitely more to it that we need to see about Miko. Just like we need to see more I remember, about Noah and Helge. Well, we, I remember when they meet, you know, Hannah and uh, Mikkel, like she looks at him kind of and like she recognizes him and then goes up to him. Right, and, and she says, and goes with the magic line, right, and exactly. says what we want. So, I mean, that probably in part is the stranger's own fault for taking her back and showing her that mm-hmm. in the future. So, yeah, well, I don't know how that ends up. Play- I mean, it could be that that Hannah stays from the fifties all the way to the eighties because she's with, you know, she goes back and she's with Egon. So maybe there's yep. an older version of Hannah that's somehow influencing things in the eighties when they get, yeah. There. Exactly. Um, so also some other things that happen in this, uh, you know, of course that, that connection between Hannah and Egon um, is, is going more, even more in this, in this because uh, Egon is asking uh, if Mikkel has ever used any names or named his, said anything about his parents' names. He even asks if he said the name Ulrich, Ulrich Nielsen, if he's mentioned anything about Ulrich. Mm-hmm. Um, course there's Ulrich and Hannah are connected and at the end of the season Egon and Hannah are going to be connected Um, 
he asks if, if Mikkel ever brought up the white devil, who is the older version of Claudia. Uh, Enos says no to that. Be curious to see if there's any white devil and Mikkel that get connected uh, at all. If there's any reason that, you know, if that's any foreshadowing in this. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, Ulrich hasn't been brought up with Enos yet, has he? Has he? Uh, no, I, I think she probably knows him as like a kid in Wyndham because everybody in Wyndham knows each other, but she doesn't know anything about this uh, weird version of Ulrich, the future version okay. of Ulrich or anything like that um, that we know of. And uh, Egon um, also says that he asked, he asked if he can talk to Mikkel tomorrow. So the next episode, since every episode is taking place a day at part, uh, I'm assuming we are going to see that, that Egon and Mikkel interview tomorrow, the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like that in the captions, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the captions for the music will sometimes say like what the score sounds like. So at this point, it said oppressive music. Yeah, I've noticed it uses some interesting adjectives. Yeah, I, I like think the it's adjectives. Just the closed captioning having fun. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with the show, but it's just fun. As sometimes I'm going to start jotting those down. There's another one later in this episode that I thought was funny, but oppressive music I thought was very good. Yeah, it's that seen dire music, ominous. Yep. A few other ones. Yep. Uh, so before Egon leaves, he asks for a photo of Mikkel. Actually, I thought the photo of Mikkel looked quite a bit like the photo of Mads. Um, mm-hmm. And to the point that I almost thought it was the picture of Mads, but it's not. I'm telling you, Mikkel is Mads. I don't know how that's going to work. But yeah, unless like, it's maybe, I mean, maybe Mads is the alternate universe version of Mikkel. Right. Yeah, which, I mean, still, the reason I don't have a lot of alternate universe theories is because I still don't understand that. So uh, I don't, yeah, it's, I, I it's sort hard of understand to form, it other, it's hard to form theories based on it. Right. It's, so, it, but I do think Mads and Mikkel, they look way too much alike. Um, Mikkel, even when he originally goes through time, um, and has the marks on his face, has a mark on his chin, like, like, which, yeah, if you see the cuts, he has the cut on his chin even, which it heals obviously, but still, I mean, I think that they're just too similar. Mm -hmm. Like they're way too similar. Yeah. There's not too. All right. Well, I will, I'm going to put a pin in that and we're going to talk, you know, if we don't get a question out, we'll make sure we talk about Mads. Mads, Mikkel. Mm-hmm. Mads, Mikkel, and Hannah were also put on there. So, yeah, I have a doc that I'm keeping with questions we get in and uh, things we want to talk about as we yeah, like, as our back last to, podcast. Yeah, back to this episode. Yeah. Uh, all right, so then we get a scene in the church between Noah and his sister Agnes. And I'd watched this one twice. This was a very good one. Um, Agnes is, you know, Agnes is saying that she wants to come back to Adam. And so we're setting up this... Uh, this rivalry between Adam's people and Claudia's people. Um, Noah tells her that if you think Adam will take you back, you are wrong. Agnes says that she knows where the last few pages of the book are. So they've been looking for these last couple pages of the book that we've seen floating around, not HG's book, but the, the diary that we've seen people using. Um, mm-hmm. But it's missing a couple pages and Agnes knows where those are there with Claudia. Mm-hmm. Claudia gives him the newspaper clipping and I wrote down here, it's the newspaper clipping showing that Noah has died. Nope. Other way around. It's the newspaper showing that Claudia has died. And she yep. considers it an offering of peace. Um, and it's interesting if we think about some of the books in this show, right? We have this, we have like Noah's diary that gets passed along. We have the HG book. We have Egon's book where he writes down his, uh, his documentation of the crimes that he's investigating. And we also have the Bible that Noah gives to Helge. Yep. So. Kind of all the levels of like law, 
religion, philosophy, and science. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. That's a great way. That's a quartet, but still. Well, there might be more books, too. I'm trying to think if there's any other books that we have. The Ghosts. Mm, The Blueprint. Yeah, the Blueprint, um, the map. Yeah, yeah, the maps. There's multiple maps. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that'll that'll be something interesting to track. Um, Then we go to the 50s. Egon is looking at the Ulrich picture. Well, I guess we were still, we were already in the 50s, but we stay in the 50s. Egon is looking at the Ulrich picture. The white devil version of Claudia walks in, which I just like that it's, I can identify her as white devil, just like we could identify the stranger as the other version of Jonas. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought this next couple sets of scenes was awesome because we get a, we get a discussion between old Egon and old Claudia. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, you are too good of a person. The world doesn't deserve you. And she asks him to for, she asks him to forgive her for everything, and she says the good ones get hit the hardest. And then I wrote down in parentheses: time travel ruined his marriage, his life. It actually killed him. So um, you know, a lot of sympathy for Aegon because if it wasn't for time travel, so many of these things wouldn't have happened in his life. So he's back. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Because even if you know, if if you consider that Agnes is probably a time travel, if there's no time travel. Agnes never would have come and started her affair with Egon's wife. His marriage wouldn't have fallen apart. He wouldn't have been investigating Ulrich. He wouldn't have um, lost his connection with his daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the uh, the cancer is because of time travel. Although he also was killed because Claudia knows about future events and is trying to prevent his death, and that ends up killing him as well. So lots of things ruined in his life because of time travel. Yeah, his granddaughter gets cancer. Yep, his granddaughter gets cancer as well. So um, then we go from the 50s to the 80s. Claudia walks into the plant, and we get the reflection of this last scene because Egon is in the plant. So now uh, older version of Egon. So the last time we had older version of Claudia with middle-aged version of Egon. This time we have um, we have older version of Egon. Egon with middle-aged version of Claudia. So it's like the exact reverse of the last scene. Yep. So, um, and before she walks in, the, her secretary mentions that the press left. They'll be back tomorrow for a meeting with the union. So, of course, we are going to get some, another, another reference to tomorrow, so something else that we're going to get in the next episode. It's kind of nice when they do that, you know, some of the things that you have coming up in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I also noted here that so Egon has prostate cancer, which is a male-only cancer. And Regina has breast cancer, which is a female-only cancer. Well, female-dominant cancer. Yeah, yeah, it's female-dominant. I don't know if women can get prostate cancer, actually. Maybe they can. But it's, you know, it's, it's a cancer yeah. that overwhelmingly afflicts males and overwhelmingly afflicts females. Yes, definitely. So I thought that, that's got to be intentional. Otherwise, it would just be, you know, it could be lung cancer or skin cancer. But um, mm-hmm. So having both, having... both metastasized. Right. Too. And both, you know, the daughter of Claudia and the father of Claudia. Mm. And I wrote down in parentheses, gloomy music. That was what it said for this kind of music in this episode. And from there, we go to the 50s and we have the 50s version of Egon and Claudia. He comes home. He's brought flowers for Doris. Child Claudia now has two loops in her hair instead of just one like earlier. Mm. And Egon tells her he has a secret. He says, I believe I saw a witch today. And Claudia responds with, you are too much of a good person. The world doesn't deserve you. So the exact thing that the white devil version of Claudia said to Egon, he hears from his daughter too. 
Yep. And then he just says deja vu. Yeah. Which is the second or third time deja vu has been brought up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember deja vu being brought up before. So just like what a what a knockout three scenes in a row though to get these three different instances of Claudia and Egon connecting at three and different an, time periods. Yeah, and another instance of you know the future affecting the past with something mm-hmm. said to Egon. Right. Um, so, and I mean, obviously it's not enough that's going to change anything, but it's these little things that can't like change anything. Egon, yeah, Egon never is able to fully put this stuff together, but he's always, these just weird things that happen. He can't ever figure out why. Um, and then I feel like we get a fourth scene that really is like the culmination of this. Then we get back to the eighties. We get Egon and Ulrich. So now two men who are both older, one man yep. who's out of time, who's out of his time and another one who's literally running out of time. And uh, they're talking about how they used to think the worst thing in the world was to lose a kid, but uh, the kids always leave us, which I thought was kind of a weird thing to be talking about, especially with somebody who you arrested. But um, I guess it's just they're, they're just you know talking about the kids who have arrived and disappeared from Wyndon. Egon brings up that there was a strange boy who showed up six months ago. And um, so Egon brings that up. And he shows the picture of Mikkel to Egon, or sorry, Egon shows the picture of Mikkel to Ulrich and Ulrich rightfully freaks out and starts choking Egon. Although I don't know if choking him is going to do much because if you kill him, then you're never going to find out where Mikkel is. Um, and Ulrich is very upset. Well, I mean, he, imagine 66 years or how, how 30, how, 33, 33 years. years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, the irrational, I, I get it. The rational behavior kind of goes out the window at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he's screaming at him. He says, you knew this whole time and you didn't tell me, which again, not really rational. He didn't know this whole time. He didn't know it was your son. Um, Ulrich is assuming. But to him, but, I mean, since Ulrich has been a teenage, since he's been, yeah. And since Ulrich's been a teenager, he's always felt like Egon's had it out for him. That's true. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, you know, another really good scene in a row. Like, just like a, like just such a good stretch. Like, what a run from these mm-hmm. four scenes. Um, yeah, all about Egon. So, um, and I, you know, I know that if I think the next episode, Ulrich is going to escape from the mental hospital and see Mikkel. Um, I know we're getting that soon. I just can't remember when. Yep. And then we go back to the 50s. So we keep kind of ping ponging back between the 50s and the 80s. In the 50s, we get uh, younger HG and the white devil version of Claudia visits him. This is the reverse of the scene that we saw earlier with older version of HG. And uh, he says he hasn't had time to finish the machine. And she says, that's okay. It's going to take you 33 years for it to be ready. Mm -hmm. And she gives him the book. And she says, you will understand. And then we will meet again. I will die soon. So it was the reverse of the conversation earlier. And uh, she says, this will be ending soon, referring to the last cycle, which we start hearing more and more about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the bootstrap paradox, so much bootstrap paradox in this episode between everything with Egon and Claudia and now with Claudia and HG. She gives him the book, but there was no beginning to the book because he, get, he you know, she gets it and it goes in a cycle. Then we get a, one of those you know, pre-final episode montages that the show loves to do. So we see Helge and the Bible, and he's holding the coin. So he's clearly still you know, has good feelings about his time when he was taken. Um, we have Egon. He's looking at the record. 
We have Ulrich looking out the window. We have Greta looking through a window at Helge. And we have Egon seeing Doris and Agnes together. Um, so they're, they're having dinner and he sees them. So lots of people observing others and um, see, kind of catching up with our characters again. We see Claudia puts the liquid in the machine. And then we get a scene between Claudia and Noah. This is the big scene that I kept referencing incorrectly. Claudia mm -hmm. sees Noah and they talk and uh, Noah says Agnes betrayed her to Claudia. Mm -hmm. Claudia is saying that Adam is still playing you. Uh, again, paradise is brought up. Claudia says there is no paradise. And she says, if you were free and you had a choice, um, then you, know, you, would, you would have free will and you would use your choice because Claudia knows that Noah has the newspaper that says that she's going to be dead. Of course, mm -hmm. uh, this whole time Noah is holding a shotgun. Yep. Uh, Noah fulfills the fate. He does not have free will. He shoots Claudia and kills her. Um, and right when that happens, you brought this up earlier, Agnes jumps and looks at Tronte. So there definitely is some weird connection between Agnes and Claudia. Um, other than that yeah. they've just been working together. Maybe it's just that. But the fact that she knows, unless the, the shooting happened like right outside her window, there's no other way for her to really get that. I mean, she seemed to like feel it when it happened. Right, she like cosmic. took a breath. Like, yeah, so. Maybe Agnes is, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into alternate universe, but could be like Agnes yeah. is alternate universe, Claudia. Um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I hope that's not just everybody's alternate universe versions of each other. Still cheap. Um, yeah. We get the reveal of the newspaper clipping that it was the mysterious white devil looking person. So that is going to be Claudia. Uh, somehow no one knew that Claudia had the final pages. I guess Agnes just told him that. We don't really know how mm -hmm. he knew that. Um, and he looks, he opens the final pages. We can't see what's on him. It looks like one of them was the map to, uh, to where the machine is buried, that Claudia buried it for herself. Um, but Noah does say, uh, no, Charlotte, that can't be true. Mm -hmm. So do we know what that is? What, he, what I mean, can't be true? Maybe it's Elizabeth. I was Damn. thinking it could be Elizabeth. Um, yeah. I was thinking that, or it could just be that Charlotte is going to get killed in the apocalypse that happens at the end of the season. But that seems like that, that isn't big enough to be what really shakes him to his core. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird, because when Noah, when Noah as a boy meets Elizabeth, you would think he knows a little bit about her. Or like, you would think that they kind of know about each other when they meet, but I don't know. Maybe we don't Again, know. Again, secrets. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we see younger Claudia right after her Older version is killed. We see the middle-aged version of her from the 80s. She's time-traveled. She walks out of the woods and she sees Regina and sees that Regina has no hair. Implying Regina is also dying of cancer. Mm -hmm. And now she fully understands what it means that she's running out of time with Regina. Yep. And so between seeing Regina and her father having cancer, this is what's going to set her on her path to try to fix and undo everything. Yep. So, um, and then the final scene of the episode, we finally get some more Adam. Adam is talking about being connected to the family. Uh, he asks if uh, Noah got the pages from Claudia. Noah says she did not have them. And Adam says she got what she deserved. In the end, we all get we deserve, what we deserve. And the camera focuses exclusively on a photo of child Claudia. Yeah, I don't... I 
I don't have any takes really from that. No, I mean, I guess it's that Adam at this point knows Claudia is his mortal enemy. And so even as a child, he knows that, she, you know, that early on, she's his enemy. It's the only thing I could think. I think it's so interesting because, you know, Adam, Noah, you know, I mean, I guess those aren't really their names, but like Claudia doesn't have like a biblical pseudonym. Right. Yeah. Well, it could be the, you know, team God versus team time. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or she's Satan to them because. Yeah, and I think it's still. I want to keep. I want to keep remembering that Claudia and Clausen are such close names to each other that maybe there's some connection there that we don't yet know about. Yeah. Um, yeah, episode. I just feel. I just feel bad for. It's a great episode. Episode three, of course, it had to be a good episode because it was an episode three on this show. Um, mm-hmm. But I just feel so bad watching this episode for Egon. Like he's so close. He's dancing around the truth in this episode so many times. And he just never gets there. Yeah, it's kind of the frustration uh, Ulrich always has with him. He's like, you still don't get it. Like, right. You're always going to be an idiot. Yeah. You're so clever. Like, he keeps getting so close. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're bringing up like same thing. You're He's as close now as he has ever been, yet he still doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, tons happened in this episode. This was one, uh, right after I finished it, I was like, man, this I know where this show is going. I, I've been focusing so hard on this one. I'm taking notes, and I still, like, just thinking about this one really hurts my brain. Especially mm-hmm. the, like, I, it, for some reason, I keep going back to Jonas when I see Agnes in that yellow dress. And that's what, like, I kept having to be like, no, she's not related to Jonas that we know of. So Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe everybody's related and from, you know, because if – um if it's the story of the bible um everybody i mean if really it's kind of mirroring the story of the bible i should say mm-hmm. and it, everybody comes from adam and eve then everybody would be related right um and the whole world is just incest and i kind of realized that yesterday when i was just talking to a friend of mine and she brought up the bible mm-hmm. and she she's uh and she was like yeah if people really believe the bible is how the world exists and we're all products of incest right and i was like whoa 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 you i was like you may have just solved like the show i've been trying to figure out for the longest time (laughs) and if adam and like alt world martha is eve and they're the result of everybody existing in both worlds and really neither world should exist or something Mm. and it's like the bible similar to the bible i don't know enough about the bible to understand the allegories with it though I, I mean, mean, there's, we definitely, if we're talking about Adam and Eve, we did see Noah eating the, the apple, which is symbolic yeah. of Adam and Eve and the, the, maybe Noah and maybe Noah's like the snake. Well, I think in that, in that, in that case, I think Noah, yeah, Noah is the snake, right? Yes. That's what you were saying. Yep. Uh, cause that's what happens is the snake arrives. The snake gives, uh, Eve the forbidden fruit. Now it doesn't give it to Adam, gives it to Eve. So, um, he did give, did he give the apple to Mickle or was he just eating the apple in front of Mickle? He was just eating the apple in front of Mickle. So that's what we should pay attention to. If he gives the fruit to somebody, um, maybe Elizabeth. They get together. Maybe. Give, maybe I mean, he gives maybe Elizabeth, Elizabeth a watch, but I don't think that's in the Bible. And he gives Elizabeth a, a daughter as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's definitely something to watch. I mean, you know, and we did have that line in this episode that I brought up earlier, uh, and I don't even remember who said it. Is it... Uh, Claudia says it to Agnes. He says our our entire lives. She says our entire lives are defined by family, Sigmundas. 
So maybe they are all from this family of Sigmundas, and it's a family tree that expands out. Yeah, I mean, when they're showing Adam's, like, the four families there at the Mm -hmm. end, it looks like all four are related. Yeah, it's four. So, yeah, it's the Nielsen, the Cronwald, the Doppler, and the uh, Tiedemann families from the present timeline. And and I believe in this one, all of them had smiling pictures. I I was trying to tell. I couldn't. I I know the Tiedemanns did. Yeah. It, they it, they didn't look unhappy, but it I wasn't sure for to be. Yeah, certain. there's a lot of unhappy family portraits. So yeah, so um, all right. Well, this super heavy episode, lots unpacked. I think this was a very long podcast that we had, but that's all right because there's a lot to talk about. So that's mm-hmm. why we're doing this now before the season comes out, because otherwise we'd be so lost when season three started if we didn't do this. Yeah, and don't forget the MVPs and stuff. Oh yeah, yep. Nope. I'm looking right at our MVP scoreboard. Um, so who are you giving your MVP point to for this episode? Um, hmm. I think in this episode, I would actually, um, I'm going to give it to Agnes. Agnes. Um, All right. Yeah. So I think she did a lot of behind the scenes work. So, mm-hmm. um, she's kind of like, you know, Giannis, you know, the Greek freak when, when he wins <laughs> the MVP, you don't see a lot of his games on TV, right. but you hear about it and you see the results of it and he's there at the end. And you don't want to try to pronounce Giannis's last name? Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to try to pronounce Agnes's last name because I don't think we know it yet right. necessarily. So, you know, we're told it's, you know, Agnes Nielsen, but that's what we're told. Yes. And, you know, we're told she's the mother of Tronte, but that's what we're told. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's Bernadette's mother from an alternate world. Who knows? But oh, maybe she's Ag- Bernadette. She could be Bernadette. We don't know, but... Agnes says something and does something enough to get Noah to be exactly where he has to be to have like one of the biggest moments happen, which is Claudia get killed. Yeah. So Um, Agnes, Agnes is like, send it up. Yeah. We got to talk. And we got the most about Agnes that we've had in this show. So yeah, she looks like she's helping Doris or whatever her name is. Have a nice meal. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a homewrecker. She's got it all. Yeah. She's yeah, played, taking the Hannah game plan, and she, it's like she's related to Hannah in a way. Maybe. I actually was thinking she reminds me of Hannah in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's the same age as Hannah, so she can't be Hannah, but could her and maybe. Hannah be sisters? Yeah. Um, we don't really know much about Hannah's lineage except her father, who's like the dry cleaner. Yeah, so. we, don't, we don't know a lot. But All right. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Jonas does have a huge lead, but luckily we can't really give Jonas an MVP point in this unless you want to count that small scene with Adam at the end of the episode. Um, I actually was thinking I was going to give it to Noah because I, uh, I felt like he put a lot of pieces in place, but I think you brought up a good point that he's basically just a pawn in Agnes's game and Agnes mm-hmm. and Claudia put him in the place where he's supposed to be. Um, so I'm going to give it to Egon. It's like a sympathy MVP point. Just because I feel so bad for him. He's so close. Like, he is uncovering things. He's just not getting there 100%. So I'm going to give Egon his second MVP point. Okay. I almost gave it to Claudia. It was between those two. But I think Claudia has more chances. So Egon doesn't have very many chances coming back. So uh, Jonas, still in the lead with five MVP points. Mikkel, Ulrich, Alexander, Noah, and Egon have two. Tronte, Elizabeth, Hannah, Charlotte, Gretchen, H.G., Peter, Claudia, and Agnes all have one MVP point okay. as we get three episodes through season two. So we'll be back tomorrow, probably, uh, schedule pending, with episode number four that is titled The Travelers. 
And uh, I don't remember exactly what happens in episode four of The Travelers, but uh, I'm assuming we are going to get lots of timeline jumping and traveling. I think this is when we're finally going to get Jonah showing up to um, to meet Adam. I know that's coming. It's got to be coming soon. I mean, we're going to after that episode, we're going to be halfway through the season. So we're going to have to have that meeting very soon. Yep. So, and I know we've got uh, we have Mickle. I guess we, we do know that Mickle is going to be interviewed by Egon in the next episode that was referenced. Uh, as well as a couple other things that are going to happen, quote unquote, tomorrow. So um, that will be fun when hopefully we record tomorrow. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. So as always, uh, make sure you send in your questions and feedback to us. We'll either answer it on these episodes or in our major big uh, feedback preseason episode that we're going to do. So you can reach us on Twitter. I'm at Brooks Z A, and I'm at Aaron J A Y B R O O K S. Aaron J. Brooks on Twitter. Um, yeah, definitely reach out to us. Let us know. We've had some people let us know that they are uh, listening as they're trying to catch up. So we're glad to be a valuable resource to you to be your blueprint heading towards season three. So, um, and of course, subscribe so you don't miss an episode of Digesting Dark as we get towards season three. And then uh, we're trying to figure out how quickly we can get out some season three episodes once the season drops to A, avoid spoilers, but also B, keep up with people who aren't going to be able to not binge it Although both of us support taking your time with this show. Binging it does nothing because there's just so much to digest, which is why we've created this podcast in the first place. Agreed. All right. Well, we will see you next time for season two, episode number four, The Travelers. See you.